Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. Guys, how you doing? Keegan's into bad. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Always happy to be a part. Fantastic. Zinda yeah, bad, how are you, us. sir? Thanks for Great. asking, Jason. Not doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. Well, we've got our NFT Winners Week episode today. We've got uh, five new big names uh, from last week we're looking at. And uh, we're going to start off today with Office Hours Official. This is starting around a 0.15 to a 0.3 ETH uh, range, and uh, it's again pixelated, uh, pixelated uh, profile pictures. I guess this would kind of go in the PFP category. Um, different professions and different time zones around the world. What can, uh, what do you guys think of this one? I think it's a unique kind of idea. I think. There's some similar motivation behind this tech, kind of like wizards, but without, you know, the uh, loss of custody. Um, Let's go over the tech people might not know. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> For the people that don't know. Um, it's kind of neat. It's, it's basically, it's like you have these tokens that kind of represent different jobs and you can only list them at certain hours of the day or of the year. Um, based on those jobs um, that the picture kind of represents. And that's when they're able to be bought and sold. Um, so it's kind of this new tactic to kind of control the way you can uh, buy and sell these tokens, which is an interesting way, which is a less hazardous kind of way to kind of manipulate, I guess, their floor price a bit than wizards. But... I don't know about you guys. I'm having trouble finding their website. I remember seeing their website before, but well, there, there, there was a mirror link I can uh, throw up. I'm going to drop that in the chat. Uh, I don't think they have an official website or anything like that. They don't so... have a link on um, on. Oh. Yeah, they don't. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, I thought. I think it's a little strange. Is there uh, an office hours official Twitter even? Yes. Uh, they ha the Twitter is I think their developer um, Bassett. Yeah, no, it's Bassett. Yeah, okay. So I can't uh, find, but yeah, yeah, this is the website I was looking at. Um, yeah, well, we can get it on Office Hours. I uh, did you get it? I, I thought I saw you got one. Yeah, I I, I minted a couple. Uh, was lucky enough to do that, and. Uh, Shamefully sold out high, and then I bought in low again recently to support the artwork. Uh, I so, so so the deal with Office Hours uh, was that it came from Zero X Bassett, who's uh, the lead Solidity developer on Etherworks, which is a very OG, highly valued on-chain game ecosystem. Uh, they build themselves as the first 100% on-chain NFT game. I think that actually might be true. Not the first on-chain really? game, definitely the first NFT game. Uh, and the first thing which does that to a high level of quality is going to attract like really OG nerd types, uh, meant in a loving way. So so people who are deep into the blockchain tech side of thing, developers, uh, often people who've been in Ethereum for a long time. And so they acquired their ETH very cheap at the uh, initial offering, that kind of thing. And the floor price right. of Etherworks reflects that. Uh, I yeah, it's about 0.35 for Ether Orcs. Yeah, it's around 0.35 right now. I think they've peaked much higher, actually, but interest has kind of moved away from on-chain games. Uh, but I, I'd still call it a very OG and capable community. Yeah, they, 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 they've tanked a little bit in recent months, but they've uh, stayed around the one range for a pretty long time. And uh, if we look at their all-time chart, yeah, they, they, they peaked around uh, three to four-ish. So... Yeah, e Etherworks has uh, 
I guess, been a longtime player attracting people with a technical interest in the space. And Office Hours kind of continues that as a solo project from Bassett, trying to do something new on chain, uh, which is having this time window tagged to your NFT. They have certain working hours, and then they are tradable in those hours. They might be able to earn tokens in the future in those hours. Uh, and outside of that, they're not tradable. They're off the clock. So what was your experience with uh, selling these within those time windows? Was, was there any issues? Did it work well? Did it work poorly? They had a free, I think this is so the, there's the plan and then there's what actually happened. Uh, I guess as with most things in the space, they, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the plan was to have a public mint at 1 PM Eastern, I believe about a week ago, uh, and right before that, circulate some information to, to select alpha groups. So that would be uh, Etherworks, of course, Anonymous, uh, who the artist, Rensport, has acted as a community manager before. He's networked into that uh, community. Gangster All-Star, a couple of others. Give them a little heads up uh, and then launch public at one, at which point there would be an open trading window for four hours. What happened in reality is Despite the contract being interesting and kind of bot resistant, uh, the, the mint used kind of a novel bot resistance mechanism. The groups completely aped the thing. Uh, it's totally got so botted I out. I think not many were actually botted, but because it got into servers with a few thousand active members and a few servers like that, uh, the sellout just happened really, really fast, especially considering the, the caliber of the developer, the fact people were talking about it a little bit in advance, uh, and the fact that it was free. So public mint never happened. And then the open wind trading window is kind of carried on forever uh, because Bassett has paused the uh, time functionality. Oh, he did. Yeah, it's uh, things are a little buggy right now in office hours land. I Do you so, still hold one? Yeah, I, I bought a rug puller, which is one of the rare ones. It's a, it's a dude in a trench coat with a, you know, like a shitty guy you don't want to uh, trade crypto with. <laughs> and so I, I bought it a little high. You can probably get them cheaper now. Uh, but I, I know the artist. Uh, Ren's a really good guy. I wanted to support his work. So I went in uh, and picked one up. The uh, Without getting into the technical weeds of it too, too much, I, I think what's happened is if you attempt to trade your NFT um, off hours, the, pl the, the, the plan was to have it so the execution would just be reverted and you'd see it back in your wallet, no problem. That works on chain. Uh, the problem is that OpenSea won't detect it until, won't detect that it's been reverted and the NFT is still in your wallet. Uh, until it tries to look for it again. Okay. So so you click list or you you click transfer, it disappears from your wallet, but the execution is actually reverted on chain. So you still hold the NFT, it just disappeared from your OpenSea. Uh and Bassett is trying to get a workaround from that uh, is trying to get a workaround for that that's kind of user friendly. So, so as it now the yeah. Is it safe to call this project kind of like a tech demo like he's just experimenting with new ideas yeah you know that that's probably a good summary i i think bassett has a good track record of like supporting things he's worked on he's stuck with etherworks through everything uh i expect office hours to keep getting the odd update but it's definitely experimental and kind of a two-man pet project yeah and i like on this page you know he's pretty transparent about things like you know read before you buy you know pay attention because there's some oh, yeah. mechanics going on behind the scenes here Th opposed this is to, it. yeah i was gonna say opposed to wizards where it was just kind of like hidden you know behind a lot of you know very like not clear writing you know what was gonna happen like lore and character stuff yeah yeah like hey we're gonna you know really harm the paper handers and no one really knew what that meant where here he's saying Hey, there's there's some stuff going on. It's going to affect the way you can sell this token, and we want you to be aware of it first. 
Um, yeah, th- th- that's exactly it. And that, that's why I kind of feel bad about those uh, launch circumstances I just talked about where that we just discussed, where it sold out ahead of the public and then it went kind of crazy on the charts. Like you mentioned, it, it launched at like 0.15 and went up to 0.3 and now it's at a tenth or under of that. Uh, yeah. I think what I think what happened is people saw the instant sellout. They saw Etherworks developer, uh, OG collectors, deep pockets. We need to get on this train right now uh, without really realizing what they were buying into. And uh, it's kind of sad because Bassett got a lot of hate on Twitter around the launch and around botting, which actually didn't happen that much. Uh, and I think he, what he intended to be like a cool tech demo of a project just kind of spiraled out of control, partly because of these market conditions. Right. Yeah, I'm sure this probably could have done a little better uh, <laughs> a few months ago, but it, it, it's kind of cool. And at least now he probably knows what works and doesn't work with this style. Um, yeah, no, I'd say I'll, so. I... I'll personally say I'm not a big fan of the art. Um, I think that could be <laughs> improved. Oh, in man. I love the art. I, I Do you like it? Love... Yeah, we can. That, that that's completely fine. We can agree to disagree there. Uh, but they're if if you're listening and you look them up, they're they look kind of doofy, and it's completely intentional. Uh, I like that personally. <laughs> like the, the the they're very exaggerated. There's like uh, their normal professions, like a bartender uh, or a, uh, and then there's like very crypto ones, like VC Chad, and it's just like a guy with VC like the, Chad. Yeah, and he looks like he, he looks like the Wall Street bets uh, Trump icon. If you see, you know the the, the kid Trump. Oh yeah, a little bit. Back. Yeah, he looks like that. Or the, the, like the, there's the rug puller. Obviously, they have like warlords, and I, I like it. But I agree that it's very lo-fi, uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, I understand where is. you're coming from there. Very I think that's kind of a cool indeed. thing about art is, at the end of the day, we can be subjective about a lot of the different art. I know, same with a. Asylum Hall, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, I don't like the art. Other people are saying, like, it's not that bad. So it's kind of cool that, you know, people can have different opinions. Yeah, Asylum was polarizing for sure. I was in the I don't like that camp. So, yeah, I... I, I was too, yeah. I, <laughs> I wasn't too keen on the art, so I sold pretty quickly. Big pixel art coming back, making a comeback. Always, <laughs> yes. always. It never speaking stops. Of, uh, speaking of... Uh, more unique art we're moving from that that that's much more of an original one now we're moving on to a uh, bit of an an american icon here with uh rags to richie by uh alec monopoly so we've got the homage here with rags to richie of the uh the monopoly guy uh but he's he's a boy i suppose here but with a mustache or at least in one of them yeah <laughs> yeah but we've got them. uh <laughs> At a certain age, every boy. It's at a certain age, <laughs> every boy is going to have. We've also got in their banner. They've got uh, they've got Scrooge McDuck or somebody here too. Um, it's also the uh, the Richie Rich comics. Yeah, Richie Rich, the old. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of nods and, to all those characters. Yeah, yeah, nods back to uh, some classic animation. Um, some interesting and very different facial features on these too, as I see. Uh, but with a, a 0.53 floor price, seems to be fairly stable. Um, 3,000 of them available. Well, 3,000 were made or minted, and about half of those have been sold. So uh, is this one looking pretty popular? Um, are, are there 1,500 listed that right now, for real? Are there really? There are... 3,300 items. You got 1,700 owners. I'm, see- I'm, I'm seeing 707 listed. Okay. that That's still really high. <laughs> They're just trying to get out. <laughs> it's a... Uh... Bot at the top. Yeah, so, so Rags to Richie, that's... Uh, for, just for background, they it's minted gotta... at 0.5. Uh, so they're hovering yeah, just above huge. mint price right now. Yeah. I, I mean, that was... I mean, it it went up, right? It it was successful mint, but I, I I swear that was such a risky gamble on their part to have such a high mint price. You know, currently when free mints or mints, you know, under like point one are so common right now. 
And these guys just went, you know what? We're just going all out. Like, give us all the money. Yeah, and I, I mean, the justification for that, I think I, this is me secondhand talking about a Discord post I saw on Twitter, so grain of salt. But the, the justification for that was that Alec Monopoly is a known artist. He's uh, been, God, how long has he been making art now? He, so, so background, Alec Monopoly is a street artist. Uh, his work will sell for somewhere between twenty and a hundred thousand, depending on the piece. Uh, that's dollars, and he's been active as a professional artist since twenty ten. So he has something of a portfolio and like a big presence on socials, about a million and a half Instagram followers, that kind of thing. So, so that was their justification, right? Like people pay a lot of money for Alex Art. You should be happy to pay a little bit of money for Alex Art. I I don't know how much I agree with that. But, uh, so it's almost like uh like he's already an established brand yeah um, that's he's it. not he's not really creating a, a new sort of thing he's he's a well-known artist to begin with um which i mean is beneficial for a lot of people who probably haven't made that switch to web3 they can look at this and go you know maybe there is some money to be made in nfts and if i do this with care and attention to detail um, it can be a successful project. Um, I don't think I'd personally want to pay 0.5 for it still, but <laughs> look at this guy's Twitter. He's pretty eccentric looking dude. Um, it is interesting. It looks like too uh, a $1 million physical artwork giveaway. Would you hang one of these on your wall? Well, no, I wouldn't, but like I, I don't work on Wall Street, right? I, I think that's uh, a good amount of his customer base is just like guys who trade stocks. I think this this represents them well. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely, I think I think one interesting aspect, and I think this is the same with the the Tiffany NFTs that that are just announced, is if you get, I mean, if this guy's a well known artist, and if his physical art is already selling for thousands of dollars. You buy one of these NFTs, you get one of his physical artworks. I don't know if it's going to be a printed copy or if it's going to actually be like a hand-painted thing. Doesn't that also appreciate in value based on his recognition? Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, I, I guess part of this is what, what's the trajectory of Alec Monopoly, the artist. I, I can't speak to that, but it's definitely been done before. Like Damien Hirst's, uh, the, the currency just uh, stopped oh. its claim period for physicals. You know what I'm talking about. Damien Hurst, he's the one with uh, Psalm, right? Sorry, yeah. what's this? Uh, Damien Hurst, I, I I might have this correct. He made a piece of art back in like 2008 or something like that. As, and it's called Psalms. And it's uh, like these paintings, um, physical paintings. And he's actually, his artwork was bought oh, by... Oh, interesting, yeah. I'm going deep in the trenches here. Uh, <laughs> his artwork was bought um, by a group called Winston. And Winston is in partnership with uh, a blockchain art kind of Web3 company called Archery. And they're basically doing fractionalized investing. So you people can like invest oh, into Hearst okay, okay. project. And it's recorded on the blockchain. And that's kind of how your investment is handled. And you can do the whole thing through Republic. Um, I actually, see it, I see it, yeah. Yeah, actually, I interviewed the people uh, working with uh, Artery and Winston behind his work. So to hear him come up in another discussion about NFTs is really interesting. And has that's probably cool. not a whole... Yeah, it's uh, Republic. Yeah, that's where you can find it. But Damien Hurst, I, I didn't realize he's got more than one thing going on. That, um, that's a cool touch point yeah so i know her i know her from fine art obviously he does like cows sawed in half and sharks and formaldehyde and other less gross things cool <laughs> artist uh but a lot of pills as well they're a prominent feature uh but but his whole thing was was the currency uh which you might have been reading about recently where he released an nft connect collection which could be redeemed for a physical artwork and that would burn the nft uh, really, there there was a one year period which just ended actually, where you could make that trade, get a physical Damien Hirst, uh, the piece from a celebrated artist. You know, probably 
I wouldn't know good claim to the most influential or the biggest name in contemporary art, actually. Uh, and you could either have that as a physical or have it as an NFT. And I guess the whole point of the experiment was, well, how much do people actually value these things? Would you rather have the painting or the thing on the blockchain? That makes a lot of sense. It kind of lets us, you know, it kind of lets the consumer just decide and it lets the artist kind of understand the results. And I looked up Definitely the currency. Definitely experiment, yeah. That's the one with all the dots. <laughs> That's yep, the best exactly. way to describe it. He, I he did, does a lot of dots, wow. a lot of pills, that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. I I just totally overlooked that name the entire time. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, um, successful project right there. They got like a five five ETH floor. Not uh, surprised at all. Not surprised at all. You could used to be able to arb these things, by the way. I I, I don't know about right now. Any the claim is closed, so you can't do it anymore. But. Uh, you used to be able to buy the currency, redeem it for a physical, and then people who want an original physical Damien Hurst, like that's a much bigger market and they'll pay a lot for it. So you, you would go and buy an NFT, burn it, and then trade the physical on eBay. Oh man, then so basically you can like get all kinds of flipping uh, potential through that. Yeah, you, I think you could pocket uh, at one point like between three and four thousand dollars on the difference. I don't think that's the case anymore. And, and you couldn't do it now anyway because you can't claim physicals. But it, it was a cool experiment. Point being, I th there was a point, I promise, I, I know we've gone way down the rabbit hole here, but I, I feel like when I see fine artists come into NFTs, uh, you either... You, you either come up with a really reputable launch pad and you're a massive name, like you're, you're Damien Hurst and then that name speaks for itself, uh, or you're Nina Chanel Abney, very celebrated contemporary American artist. You're coming up through Goda. Um, her, her collection, Nina, is currently doing pretty well right now. Uh, and then you're going to be launching alongside Cause and some other contemporary art giants. So, so then it's, it's cool that you're launching a big collection. The route for more niche artists seems to be like getting your Botify. It's like you publish stuff on Foundation uh, or Object, and you build a collector base of uh, NFT investors who, who buy your one one work and that appreciates. And then you start looking at collections. Uh, and I, I do wonder if Rags to Richie is suffering a little bit from people not knowing or caring enough about the Alec Monopoly name because he's come in right. and launched a 3K plant to be a 10K, by the way. Uh, collection without doing that initiation stuff getting on foundation getting on super rare uh, and building up your collectors in blockchain land that's definitely a big thing i mean if if you're you know kind of more from the fine art side of things or you know just contemporary art for him uh or street art and then you move into a space where some people probably don't know that um you know it, it could have a bit of a negative effect potentially um whereas mm. you know so it, it is interesting it looks here too that they have some interesting stuff on their roadmap yeah go um they got a digital art gallery coming out uh physical rewards they've got multiple parties with alec monopoly himself of course uh, summer of course. the man the one in, in december yeah so you can like totally hang out with the guy um and you know from what it looks like on his twitter he's probably an interesting dude to party with I don't quite understand why it says $1 million physical artwork giveaways. Um, I don't, like, are they giving away artwork that's already been valued? Or is he just kind of just making this number up for stuff that he's going to be creating? I, I don't quite understand that. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't looked too much into it. Yeah, it's a neat thing. But it also looks like they got a metaverse event. So, it you know, if they can achieve a lot of this stuff, you know, I think it does kind of say a lot about their team and the artists and their kind of um motivation to to you know produce a, a strong product um, i i agree with that but i have some notes on on project market fit here uh okay because and again i i'm definitely kind of a neophyte coming into the fine art side of nfts the gen art side of things so big grain of salt here but 
the guys who who were happy to spend 60th on a uh ringer or yeah the, the the guys will buy a ringer for 60th uh the by Dimitri Cherniak uh the the guys who will spend 100 on a rare Fidenza they're doing it because they they like how it looks and they genuinely believe there's value in the Providence uh and that world, I think, is pretty different to people who are interested in stuff like real-life parties, uh, at least advertised that way, or giveaways, that kind of thing. And I think it speaks to this this dilemma which the, I guess, pop artist has, and this probably applies to a lot of street artists uh, who work with similar styles, right? Like, you're used to having art up for relatively mass consumption, you make a lot of prints, you sell merch in real life, that kind of thing. Uh, and that approach kind of cuts you off from being considered a fine artist in the realm of like Tyler Hobbs and Dimitri Cherniak uh, in NFTs. I don't know. I don't know. We may have lost Keegan there, but yes, exactly what you're saying is in the bad. It is, it is cool to see um, the definite uh you know the crossover from the soft digital art to the uh, hard you know wall art um big names like that that does stand out it's really cool to see it's really cool to see jason i, I don't mean to poo poo a project when we haven't even seen what they can do just, just off the cuff i feel like they're they're very different markets who buy for a roadmap and who buy for a fine art image uh sorry I cut it, out it's there. tough to court both Welcome back, Keegan. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Well, we've got. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can uh, pass go and collect two hundred dollars. So, <laughs> yes, <you> know, sir. <laughs> well, next got Ledger. Um, now this is um, this is Ledger Wallet. Is this the same? Ledger yeah, the, different ledger? The, the same Ledger exactly. Okay, the one we and had only. one a few weeks ago, I think, where Ledger had its own wallet, but it was a different um nft but ledger market pass the genesis edition um you know again uh ballyhooed as just a secure platform now for artists and brands to release their nfts of course they're going off of the most secure wallet and uh their security software for cold wallets that they sell um these are of course all the same other than well, they've got these sort of serial numbers underneath, but uh, these are these are basically, I guess you would say, utility NFTs. They're starting at about 0.4. Well, they got a 0.49 floor price as of this recording. But uh, what can you tell us about maybe the utility of this? Where's Ledger and Ledger Live going with uh, with this one here, Zendabad? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Keegan, feel free to chime in uh as i inevitably miss things but <laughs> yeah of the, course the so this would be a pass to ledger's upcoming market platform where they're planning to at the very least sell F nfts maybe sell other things uh and it's it, it's an interesting proposition so 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 off the cuff the utility which it gets you would be a limited edition Black on black Ledger Nano X, the the USB stick. I'm sure we all have kind of hidden away somewhere for securing your crypto. Uh, preferred access to collaborations on that marketplace when it launches. Airdrops of art NFTs from their artist in residence program. That's another future thing. I don't believe they have artists in residence yet, but they're planning to. Uh, and then privileged access to new Ledger hardware. It's. Uh, yeah, so, so so I think the 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 value proposition here is where a massive brand, probably one of the best known brands in blockchain, anything, we have the pull to court the biggest name artists in NFTs uh, and otherwise, and here's and and we're launching this to give you a piece of that. You'll get airdropped art from artists we pull into the program. You'll have preferred access to collaborations on the marketplace, that kind of thing. And a nice black on black Legend NOX. Definitely expanding their it, community, expanding their brand at the same time with a scarce asset. Um, does it come with a wallet? Do you actually get a wallet if you buy one of these? 
Yeah, you get a you get a black on black Nano X wallet. Uh, I'm looking at the site. It says the only thing it says is shatter resistant sapphire glass. It 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 looks nice, but but it's also a ledger, uh, and cold wallet hardware should be replaceable. So I'm not super excited about it, but it's a cool perk. Yeah. Of course, if you own a wallet already, I don't know why you need a second one. Because I know Jason and I both have cold wallets. Yeah, yeah I've for got sure. A Ledger Nano S myself. Um, one thing I think I is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, a lot of the Ledger kind of uh, applications are pretty neat. I-, I like the Bluetooth kind of function that they have. Uh, you know, so you can actually use it on the go. Um, whereas uh, I've actually Trezor... never used mine, but but I love the idea. Yes. Yeah, it makes it more kind of you know user friendly. Whereas the Trezors, it's a little difficult to use without being directly in front of a computer. You can plug it into your phone, but there's, there's only so much you can do like that. Um, yeah, and also... just, just the reach of Ledger as a brand, right? Like you, you have the USB stick tucked away, tucked away somewhere. I have the USB stick tucked away somewhere. Uh, you're in crypto for long enough or even not that long the first recommendation you'll get is buy a cold wallet here ledger's great yeah yeah true and i know they opened a uh, a new support center in portland actually so they, they've been expanding their business to kind of allow uh better onboarding for customers because you know a lot of people when they first get into crypto you know they're they're gonna have some troubleshooting with their wallets so you for sure to learn it's it's not a simple you know, experience most of the time. Um, you have to learn all the different networks and things. It's one thing cool I see on see there. That I'm oh, yeah. doing Sorry, that with uh, the security going toward not just crypto, but into the NFT market. Um, that that's really it definitely that needs it. Adaption, <laughs> and absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to see that adaption and that service being uh, being offered there uh, puts them really at the forefront of uh, the crypto, uh, the Web three security market, so to speak. But one thing I've saying. one thing I've always wanted to see is you know they have that new place in Portland. Um, well, they also in Portland. I don't know if Portland is going to be an upcoming place for crypto or not, but there's a pretty uh, well-known uh, hacker that lives in Portland. I actually shared this video, uh, Jason. I think you saw it. Uh, this is the gentleman Joe... who cracked the uh... yeah. Trezor. Yeah, yeah, Joe Grant. Go on. Yeah. yeah, he's up there, and I actually sent him a tweet. He didn't reply to it, but I hope he saw it. I want to see him work on a ledger, uh, specifically with the Bluetooth feature, because, you know, if you look at the pros and cons on a lot of websites, a lot of people are saying like, well, you know, the ledger is really great, but it has Bluetooth, which is susceptible to hacking. Oh, like it, can he compromise it through the Bluetooth? Yeah, I want to see oh, if Joe man. Grant can do that, because <laughs> like if there's one guy who can do it, it's going to be Joe Grant. And I, I, I just I want to see him, you know, test it out. Because you know that's that's going to say a lot, and and not in a bad way, but it's gonna it's gonna let Ledger know like, hey, is this something you guys need to improve, or is it something that really is secure? Uh, because you know, as a professional hacker, you know that's kind of his job is to kind of show you know vulnerabilities. Um, so they're in the same city, Joe Grand. If you're listening for some reason, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that is interesting and very very cautious to be to be aware of that. You know, a few months ago, they even had, this is to dovetail into that, they found out that soft wallets, when people were logging in with their seed phrase on their smartphones, that the predictive text was... Oh, it would save the seed phrase? Yeah. Oh, oh, it would yeah. know yep. what the word was. Well, if your phone gets stolen, it's potentially hackable. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of that that's going to have to be figured out. I'm sure Ledger's team is, is on top of that. But yes, it, there's... There, there are weaknesses. Um, so hopefully they're, you know, certainly addressing stuff like that as they expand into now the NFT market. Yeah, that, that would be really great for them. It's interesting. This is, both of you touched on that pivot to, to NFTs and Ledger. Uh, and even their website is really interesting in that regard. Like if, if you looked at earlier kind of Ledger materials, the, the, the kind of tweets they put out, and it makes perfect sense. This was their market but it was very crypto coin focused uh and there's not a single mention of like underlying crypto assets ethereum etc etc on the ledger market site they're pitching it 
at like you want to own artwork you want to own collabs from exciting names and culture well here's where you do it uh and it, it kind of speaks to the fact that there are two different markets uh there are two different markets engaged here, right? There are people who trade coins uh, and the NFT people typically don't know that much about the, the, the coins, uh, swing trades, market conditions, that kind of thing, where we've been taught an important lesson in macro now. Uh, and I'm seeing people starting to clue up more. I'm starting to clue up more. Uh, but what I'm getting at is, People who want to buy art don't necessarily want to know about risky financial assets and vice versa. They just want to buy art. Uh, and Ledger is starting to pitch themselves that way as well. It'll be interesting to see how many of these, I guess, very crypto-focused companies deal with these two different market segments going forward. And hopefully they can sort of flatten the curve of uh, the learning curve to to make it easier to access. It, it's undeniable. Oh, absolutely. That it is just too clunky and um complex for most people to adapt to not only crypto but nfts as well um so that will have to be overcome and it will in time um but yeah, it's a certainly big cool to see uh ledger moving and using an nft to maneuver into the nft market um yeah you know, certainly clever marketing clever marketing no, one that's thing I'm, i uh, so, hmm? i was gonna say i'm curious uh they on their market ledger site they they have tag hauer i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly the the watch yep and yeah. they said you know like i guess it's a partnership and they have a board ape on the watch and they don't really provide any more info but it says buy on open c so i click it and it just takes you to the ledger nft so i'm really oh, yeah, curious yeah, all, all the I'm links like, point to the ledger nft yeah so that's a little frustrating because i'm looking at this i'm like do i Am I buying the watch? Am I buying an NFT of the watch? Uh, what does the watch put a board ape or another NFT on it? What's being sold here? Because having like a a watch that can display a watch by Tag Hauer of all people too that can display an NFT is super cool. That's and a real thing, by the way. I think that's uh, really. I, I think each each of these pictures would be what the partners brought. I agree with you that the UX is kind of confusing. Yeah, but, but I, like. Uh, what is it? It's, what are they advertising? I, I think it is literally just the names at this point and then, and then the work. So uh, Artifact has a Clonex, uh, Tag Heuer, I don't know if that's how you say it either, has the watch that can display JPEGs and now people are using those to display NFTs. Uh, yeah, it, it's existing work, I think. Huh. Yeah, I, I would love a little more explanation from Ledger about is this a watch or is it just an NFT? Um, because I wouldn't mind, you know, repping some of my DJ and shit every day. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm going to put all my, my latest hours on my watch. <laughs> yeah. Right. A bunch of DJs trying to remember their passphrases. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving right along, let's, uh, let's check out beasts. Genesis here. We've got, uh, another one back to, uh, the, the pixelated, uh, <clears throat> aesthetic. We've got a floor price of 0.56. These uh, these are just 333 items for sale for mint, um, you know. And they minted at 0.05, just uh, for clarity. Really? Okay. Wow. So they've they've gone up at least uh, they've gone up 10x, more than 10x actually. It looks like. Um, yeah, a lot of. I mean, this is very like. This is sort of has a uh, a Mortal Kombat feel to it, like an like an old <laughs> like early nineties, old school nineties. Uh, I like Kombat that take. or something. Um, love like the, you know the chains, jerseys. They're wearing the uh, you know one of them's got a bandana, one of oh, smoking a pipe. Got to have that laser eyes. <laughs> um, Got a bit, yeah, but, chain. you know, back to the pixelated thing. Is there a story behind this one? Uh, what's uh... oh, one thing I want to add about the art? Um, yeah, this looks extremely similar to Rev X, which is another uh PFP from a I want to say like two three months ago. Um, and it's fairly cheap, but they're also kind of like wolf, they're wolves, kind of yeah, werewolf I see look. I see it mm -hmm. very similar uh pixel resolution. 
So I'm a little curious why it looks so similar. Like, because RevX came out well before this one. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's a connection or if they're just, if they even knew about that, but they're very similar. Yeah, I, I'm unsure. I know Beast has been ramping for a couple of months, but they might have started that after RevX dropped. So I, I, I really don't know. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I guess they kind of looking a little bit of a different direction. I mean, yeah, I said that I thing think... jokingly about uh, Mortal Kombat, but this definitely looks like it could be a video game. You know, they could definitely have a story behind this. Um, Zindabad, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, no worries. We'll see how they do. Maybe there'll be a video game for Gen 2. It's actually possible. We'll find out. Uh, agreed on the aesthetic. I think the these are less in a break from a lot of the recent pixel projects which are very kind of lore heavy uh moon runners which was like let's do events with the moon phases that kind of thing uh right the 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 lore here is pretty much just a uh, it's one of those real life reference stand-in things uh the the, the beasts if i if i remember right it, it's that the beasts have been biding their time through the bull market and now they're going to they're going to feast in the bear and the the reason for that is th this is a pet project from Phil Tangora, uh, who is at least seemingly he's posted evidence of his portfolio and trades and that kind of thing. A, a very successful and experienced swing trader in stocks and crypto. Uh, and so the idea behind Beast was to get this group together uh, and produce a really high quality alpha group for NFTs, but also for crypto and stocks. Uh, and then all trade together, maybe get rich, that kind of thing. That's kind of a cool, because I, a lot of times I've seen so many utilities around NFTs that are just to help you buy other NFTs. So it's kind of starting to get redundant. And it's it's nice to see this guy stretching out saying, hey, there's other ways to make money. And oh yeah, certainly. You know, you you can do that through us. We'll talk about crypto, and we'll talk about stocks. You know, a lot of people think there's a connection, but uh, NFTs and stocks are so just wildly different. You know, very very assets. Different. So it's kind of cool to see him kind of you know bridging that gap because I think we all have similar motivations. You know, like we, you know, we are art investing. You know, with NFTs. You know, so it's kind of cool to, to see him widen that that exposure breadth of his. Yeah, certainly. I, I was trying to explain Beast to someone the other day. I, I had a friend talking to me about a project w which he was going to launch and asking what kind of utility are people interested in? What are what, what are you excited about that you've seen? Uh, and I just kept thinking back to Beast because what they're offering uh, and lots of successful projects manage this. Uh, you, you see it with Kaiju Kings. You see it with Cyber Kongs. They, have, they offer something really unique. Uh, and usually it's an intangible in the community, like the best developers all own this and they all hang out there. Uh, or the serious, serious gen art collectors all own this and hang out here. Uh, and Beast seems to be doing that, but for traders, that that's the aim at least. And then they're helmed by this guy who, at least in according to his claims and the rec parts of his record that he's shown the community, I, I can't speak in absolutes, uh, has been very successful there so so the utility is him and his team yeah and kind of the knowledge i also like that he has his linkedin on the website you know just a full docs like hey guys i'm not goofing around here uh this is this is who i am um you see a lot yeah, of people absolutely. they'll link to their twitter and you know other projects but here it's like you know you know here's his resume <laughs> which is a nice uh, you know, layer of identification. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, that Absolutely. that's exactly it. it. It's trading on the repu. It's trading on reputation and on uh, the calls made in the server, and th that's why the floor is where it's at, and why I, I think twenty four are listed right now out of three hundred. I got four connections yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, uh, he's done well with this. Um, Love the full moon in the in the banner, by the way, with the werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. it's pretty cool. I also think it's it's neat that it's um, 
a very small group. You know, it's not a massive group, you know, over a thousand people where you end up just using, you know, you have the potential using your community as the exit. This is so small that this guy's not going to move the market by making a call. You know, it's just people are going to be able to kind of just join on trends. That's it. That's it. And I mean, they're, they're trading stocks in crypto, just much higher numbers of traders. Uh, It's a small, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. So when I think about beasts, right. uh, There there's, it's cool what they're doing, but there's a very obvious single point of failure and that is Phil's trading skills. So is the aim then to try and build this whole community up? So here's how I analyze things and you can be 70, 80% is good more with experience and now you will help each other uh it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah and back to what jason was saying i mean i think the art compared to RevX is better um and the backgrounds are you know there's a lot of variety in them um it's, so they're they're appealing to look at where the RevX one was just like it, they all kind of look the same and they all you know have like just blood dripping from their teeth <laughs> this one this looks like uh, two seventy seven, I think it looks kind of, kind of chilling. It's got a little yeah, Hawaiian shirt. Unique. He's put a lot of detail into it for sure. Well, we'll keep yeah. an eye on it here on the podcast. Well, last up, we've got Yagiverse. Uh, this is some sort of um, animated. Looks looks a bit a little bit childlike, um, alien. Uh, very colorful, kind of kind of neon a little bit, um, but we've got a. It, it's got a low floor price, 0.03. So, but he's got he's got over 3,000, 3,333 Yagis have been uh, utilizing the power of nanobits. Uh, nanobits, of course, its own token, and um, part of the metaverse here. Um, what can you guys tell us about this one? Uh, we've got. A lot of it's got its own marketplace, tools, alpha, and more. This one looks like it's got a lot going on behind the scenes. What do you guys see about it? This one, I mean, when it was called, I think uh, I saw a couple people calling this one, and it just it, it kind of like inched up a little bit after a couple calls, and it just came crashing down. But it looks like they're slowly recovering. Um. Yagis are tough, man. I uh, agree with that assessment, Keegan. It's. Uh, I don't know if they're the, doing the, anything really unique. I think the question now is how, is how they recover from the dump after reveal. Not again, not a great thing to say, but that uh, they they've launched to a little bit of hype. It's only the charts only been down since then. I, I will say, here's I'm coming as a complete outsider. I've never been in their server. But the impression I've got talking to other people about Yagiverse and, and seeing them on Twitter off and on, joining their giveaways myself off and on, uh, is that they put a lot of effort into securing collabs, uh, put getting giveaways out there, establishing the marketplace platform all ahead of Mint. Uh, and so oh, it okay. does really strongly evoke uh, these whitelist marketplace type projects like... Uh, Blockchain Bandits, Satoshi Runners, uh, God, the, the, those are just the two I can think of. The, the, there are tons of these, though. Do you remember those little blob guys who you could re-roll? They also earn a token and they're on a marketplace? No, I don't think I'm familiar with that. Um, it's sometime around February, I think Satoshi Runners had their day in the sun and everybody was saying whitelist marketplaces were the future and then everybody and their grandmother was dropping one. And so this feels like a project in that kind of vein, but they've put a lot of effort into getting the groundwork down before Mint. Uh, and I respected that for sure. I think the question now is how much value those collabs can bring in uh, and, and whether they can really find their community who sees Yagiverse as a permanent home and they're willing to wail in and stack up a few, uh, keep thinning that market out. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, to see uh, where this goes, especially with this aesthetic. It is kind of different. Oh yeah, back and forth on the yard. Uh, yeah, it's not the worst art in the world. It's it's kind of enjoyable to look at. And... I'm one of those people who, what the Quirkies community has done with their floor price through sort of concerted community action, 
is amazing. It's amazing to see them all repping on Twitter. But I hate how quirkies look personally, and these look a lot like quirkies. But yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they look super similar, don't they? Like same kind of like color palette too, especially. Yeah, that, that that's it. So I, I guess the artwork isn't so much to my taste, but maybe they'll find their community. I, I think that's it. One thing that I just off the cuff, I, uh, and as someone who's on Discord a lot, I end up seeing a lot of screen caps from Yagi vs. Alpha chats and from their calls and that kind of thing. Uh, so, so at least they, they're establishing a presence that way. Uh, I think the aim is to spread alpha, uh, discuss the market, and secure collabs. The trouble is a lot of other projects also do that. So, I mean, if they can get like two or three good alpha calls, uh, you know, I think they can, you know, kind of launch themselves a bit higher up. What what about this nanobits? Uh, I you know I saw Etherjump say this. Um, it's easy to earn tokens, but what are you going to spend them on? Yep, exactly. Uh, I, I think off the cuff, they're all the marketplace items they mentioned, right? Um, there might be more to it though. Oh, the whitelist spots. I see. Yeah, well, whitelist spots. The trouble. I don't know how Yagiverse is grappling with this, but the trouble I encountered when I used to own a lot of these uh, whitelist marketplace projects, and I still own a bunch of these, by the way, uh, was that, sorry, the problem I used to encounter uh, was that people are very happy to enter anything for free, uh, but as soon as you start attaching the token to collabs, you end up with a lot less engagement. Uh, and then the number of people pouring into your project from the outside decreases. And that a has bit. the consequence of giving you kind of less traction on Twitter, fewer evangelists, and then the quality of your collab starts going down because less people are shilling you on Twitter. Uh, it just kind of forms this vicious cycle where less people are interacting with you because you're not giving away collabs for free. And that means the quality of your collabs for your paid members goes down slowly. I don't know how they're going to grapple with that. Oh, that's interesting. So a lot of people get upset that they actually have to use the tokens to buy these whitelist bots instead of just giving them, just being handed them. That is interesting. Um, is oh, I think I muted myself. Tab? Sorry. <laughs> no worries in the back. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't speak for Yagiver specifically there. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to poo-poo a project which has just launched uh, and their dynamics might be different. They might be the same. But what I've seen a lot in similar whitelist marketplace type projects is exactly that. Uh, because when you're on Twitter and saying free whitelist giveaway, thousands and thousands of people are entering. Uh, and then you start bringing your token in, most of the whitelists are reserved for on your marketplace for the token and fewer people are engaging them. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's that. I mean, hopefully they get around it. Cause uh, Habib's right. Is that, am I saying that right? Habibis, Habib's. Yeah, Habibis. I mean, what are they doing specifically that that is allowing this model to work? Because I mean, it's essentially the same sort of thing, right? You you, you generate oil, and you use that to buy whitelists. Is that just because of the quality of the whitelists they're offering? I think it comes down to, to network identity and timing. Uh, the, the network being that Ramo is big on Twitter and a lot of people follow him and he talks to a lot of founders and offers advisory services. So if Ramo is consulting or Ramo knows someone who's consulting for something else, and chances are he does, then he has it in to secure spots for his community. So, so the network is there for better spots. Other people seem to have taken on the Habibi's identity somewhat. Uh, so you see a few of those profile pictures on Twitter, although less than you used to pretty dramatically. Uh, and then timing, because it was new then. They were the first people offering that kind of thing. Uh, and the community that resonated with really started following Ramo with conviction. I think that this is their founder, by the way. Um, and so Habibis can secure better spots now, but 
I believe their floor price is still pretty battered down from an all-time high close to one ETH. So the success of the model, I'm not sure. I think okay. whitelist marketplaces are great when whitelists are something everyone wants, right? And every mint is guaranteed or very close to being popular. But I think what we saw over the last few months is as market conditions have gotten more dire uh, and there's less and less guarantee that your mints are going to be flippable or remain above mint price for very long, suddenly nobody wants to buy whitelists. Yeah, that makes sense, especially if, you know, if it's like a surprise launch. I mean, there there was no whitelist for goblins, right? Yeah, that, that exactly. It doesn't up. play well with stealth launches either. So there, there's definitely a bit of a conflict there. Um, and you're right, their FP for Habib's is about 0.38 right now. So, um, you know, they might be struggling with the same same situation. Which is probably the best out of credit where it's due. That's probably the highest I've seen out of the whitelist marketplace type project, short of Gajira, which has a lot of other things going on for it. Uh, so credit where it's due, Habib, is there's still value in being the first and, and doing it with a good network for the longest. Uh, but I do feel like it's a pretty cluttered niche now. Definitely. Yeah, you guys are more in involved than I am with it, but this is the first NFT that collection that I've seen with its own white paper. Uh, they really seem to have a quite a solid business model going behind them here, and they've got their own uh, token, you know, listed on Coin Market Cap. Um, oh wow, they, there's the... so much love in this white paper. Yeah. Um, not that I have read through it and, and can speak to any substance, but, you know, it, but, you know, they, they've, it's clearly taken pretty the time detailed. to really put this together. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm with you. They're on coin market cap. Yeah. Well, nano B is. Wow. Nano, there must be. Nano bits is not. Oh, there's two. Yeah. They've got two nano bits is not listed on coin market cap anyway. Uh, but they've got their own marketplace, and Nano B is listed. That's interesting. Yeah, the the the, the difficulty you run into, I think, is that uh, you need a liquidity pool set up um, either on centralized exchanges like Coinbase, like Kraken, etc., um, or, or on DEXs like Uniswap to to swap. You, you know all this, Jason. But the, for the audience who are totally ignorant of crypto things like myself. Uh, you need a liquidity pool <laughs> set up so that people can, can trade the pair, uh, nanobits for ETH and vice versa. And a lot of projects are steering away from providing their own pools because that could result in their token being classified as security or, or just put a greater regulatory burden on the project team. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. not rug friendly. That is not rug friendly. That is... <laughs> oh, there is so much love in the Yagiverse site, though. I, I am completely with you there. Yeah, this is probably wow. the nicest looking white paper I've seen. It kind of uh, is reminiscent <laughs> in NFTs, of I mean. uh, Board Ape Yacht Club launching the uh, Ape Coin back in March. Was it um, an NFT collection having their own coin or token? Um, so it's, it's tradable, totally fully a, tradable, fully tradable. So you've got that trading. You've got the the uh, NFTs trading. This looks like it's yeah. got a lot of potential, a lot of direction to it. Uh, so it's 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 a, a bit bit of a bummer to see it kind of you know floundering at a 0.03 floor price, but uh, it is tough. They but, but they turn this, yeah. Would love it's to see tough, it go. but they launched last week. I think it can move. It's uh, the, 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 some projects you see at a low floor and you just feel sad, but if they find the fit, if they find their community. Uh, and then the machine starts turning where they start gaining greater traction on socials. We could see that turn around pretty massively. Uh, based ghouls, which launched during uh, oh, yeah, I remember full that. degen season, that they're at above uh, 0.4 now. They nuked they really? to like they nuked to like 0 0.03, 0 0.02 down from an all time high close to 0.3, and they've slowly recovered over the month because they belong to kind of a pretty OG crypto telegram community who keep buying them up. Uh, they're investing in the success of that project. So if, 
you can wow. find a similar fit and recover floor that then doors start opening. And I, I, the, the point of all this, like, like I said, I tend to bury the point, but the, the point of all this is Yuga Labs can do what they've done with ApeCoin because they're Yuga Labs and a lot of doors are open to them just based on brand name, right? Like they can uh, have the channel open to centralized exchanges to list ApeCoin. Uh, they can talk to Gucci and have Gucci accept ApeCoin in payments, which just got announced today, I believe. Uh, Wait, what? And, you can you can buy Gucci with ApeCoin? You can buy Gucci in Ape now. Uh, no and... way. Finally, I've been waiting. No. <laughs> I, I've just been saving my Ape for this. <laughs> yeah, this Absolutely. is the reason. What? Well, it is a I, yeah, important distinction to make. I mean, ApeCoin you know rode on the coattails of of the uh, BAYC hype for a year over a year really this with uh, Yagiverse is is coming out with their coin at the beginning uh, of their own launch they're launching it simultaneously with the NFT collection so like you say Zendabad I do hope this it has a lot of potential like you say it was just launched last week there's you've got to give it time um, but they look like they have a lot of potential. Uh, they find the right community. I think this could really rock it. It's tough in NFTs, Jason. It's, uh, it is. It, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen this a ton in the collections you bought into, right? But oh, I've experienced it. <laughs> but, but, but like sometimes, I, I know we've all gotten wrecked a bunch. Fine. But, but, but sometimes just a very small number of people putting in a lot of community effort re really make the change. Like uh, Everi. The, the mecha art project that, that sort of unexpectedly went crazy to above one ETH. It, it's nowhere near that anymore, but it went a little crazy uh, around the time the Azuki airdrop happened in March. Uh, I, I think that was the action of a few real Twitter crusaders who, who said, look, I sold all my clones and all my Azuki. I bought 300 of these and, and here's why. And they live, sleep, eat, breathe that project. Uh, we saw the similar similar thing happen to Quirky's. We saw a similar thing happen to to MFers, the CCs. Oh yeah, Mr. that way. Uh, so it's it's not impossible for it to happen. These things are just really hard to call because it's down to the activity of like a few dedicated individuals. Right. Yeah, I think too. The, right time. the the alpha, the quality of the alpha means a lot to people. Um, I know I've left That's alpha true. communities because of poor alpha. And they can really make or break things. I, I remember one community I was in, the guy called some alpha. I went over to the project. I'm like, yo, this is sick. I'm, I'm joining the hype. You know, let's go, you know, this, this, and this. And then the actual like creator of that project that was called, he said, hey, man, half the info you said is wrong. Uh, who are you getting your alpha from? Is it paid? And I DM'd him. I said, I got it from this project and this is what he said. And this is what, and he's like, yeah, man, none of that's really correct. Um, you know, you might want to double check, you know, who, who's calling this. I'm not going to say any names, just, you know, not to, to cause any harm. But I, I, that was kind of a real, like, kind of like breakthrough moment for me. It was like, okay, you know, just because you say it's alpha and you claim that you are providing alpha, it, it still has to be good. Um, and that project slowly fell apart and, you know, their alpha yeah. prices are pretty low because of it. So no, I'm with oh, you. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, GM's GM key doesn't have that problem. Uh, just a little shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's, yeah, we do in better markets. That, yeah. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it's definitely something that, I, I hope Yagiverse, you know, if they really want to be successful, they have to take that part seriously because that that's what people, you know, come for. You know, they're like, oh, you're calling alpha. Is it good alpha? You know, you know, they'll see the 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 gains that are being, you know, listed on on Twitter, on their discord. And, you know, if that's good, they'll stay to check out some of the other stuff, um, you know. So. It's a good entry point. Agreed. Now the, the the team brings you in and the community kind of bring, keeps you there. That's uh, right. how these tend to go. I I don't know. I, I don't mean to soapbox excessively. I think there's still massive potential to for projects to find their niches and, and the communities are regarded as a primary home. Uh, it's just getting tougher. And so projects who crack that, uh, 
I think are the ones we'll see success, often unexpected success for in this marketing going forward. Uh, it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if people don't stick stick around, these things just fall apart. Yep, it, it'll be interesting um, moving forward, just, you know, the appeal of these, um, all of these NFTs. Timing is critical. So we'll see where it goes. Well, guys, thank you so much for your input today. Uh, so we've gone over Office Hours Official, Rags to Riches, Ledger, Beast Genesis, Yagiverse. Still a lot going on in the NFT world. Oh, guys, definitely. Uh, definitely. Thanks for your uh, your insight and uh, Zindabad for joining us again. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, check us out. Give us a, uh, a like and a review and subscribe to BCCN3 Talk. We will... That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at BCCN3 underscore media and subscribe to our newsletter at BCCN3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk. <laughs>